Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 3 of The Good Beans, a wholesome, silly, nerdy fancast on media and other stuff that makes me, your regular nerdy millennial, genuinely happy. I'm your host, Faulty Paragon, a fanfic author and just artsy creator in general. This week's episode will focus on the Ace Attorney series. I'm going to focus on the first trilogy of games and the first Ace Investigations games, since those are my favorite. I haven't played any of the 3DS ones, and I've only played Apollo Justice a really long time ago, so I don't remember enough of it probably to discuss them, but I'm currently in the middle of replaying the original trilogy with uh, my small Discord server, and so that's been a lot of fun, so I wanted to talk about it. So what is the Ace Attorney series? Uh, you may have heard of it. It is a video game series that began, I believe, on the Game Boy Advance in 2001. Um, it has games across the DS, the 3DS, and it has been ported to Switch, Android, iOS, no, so many things. Um, there's also an anime and a live-action movie, which is probably my favorite video game live-action adaptation of all time. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it here, but it's really, really funny in that the movie basically decided there's no way that we're going to be able to figure out how to make a good movie, so we're just going to make a fun movie, and I respect that so much. It's a really good time. Um, but today we're going to focus on the games themselves. So, um, the story of Ace Attorney, what is it? Let's start with that. The story of this series, what is it? Um, it takes place in what I lovingly call Japan America. Lots of people also call it um, Japanifornia as well, because the story is quote unquote in LA. Um, the court system is really strange, where after a case where a suspect is found by the police, trials last for three days, and at the end of the three days, a verdict must be reached, which is baffling to think about, but they did it in order to stop the incredibly long um, periods of time where trials would proceed over the, over the course of years, essentially. So you play as Phoenix Wright, who is a rookie defense attorney who takes on a series of increasingly ridiculous clients who partake in more and more harebrained, convoluted cases. Phoenix believes in his clients to a fault, so it's wild to see how he can uncover the truth behind these murders and save innocent people, mostly by using guesswork and praying. <laughs> um, in the Ace Investigation spin-off series, you play as Miles Edgeworth, who is Phoenix's rival and a prosecutor. Um, yeah, I love this series so much. It's so much fun. Um, I've only played the original trilogy, but I've played it multiple times. Um, so let's get into it. What is so good about this series? Let's start with the gameplay. It's nice. It's easy to follow. It's easy to understand. I think the first game was probably the best at it in that if you paid enough attention, you always kind of knew where to go or what to do. Some people say it's hard to get through because essentially how it works is that you're playing a visual novel and a point and click style game where you examine scenes and talk to witnesses and present evidence to people to gather more details and evidence so that eventually when you go to defend your clients in court, you'll be able to present evidence and point out contradictions in witness testimonies um, in order to uncover the truth. So um, I think after the first game, it does get a little complicated with the psyche locks, um, but I think the idea of psyche locks is really cool, and I appreciate how they keep it to just the psyche locks in the first trilogy, along with that little like fingerprinting and, you know, <laughs> luminal minigame in the um, extra case, Rise to the Ashes, that's that case. 
So in Ace Investigations, it's really fun because they present Miles' ability like a superpower when it's just deadass, just logic, <laughs> which I think is so fun. Um, it's nothing fancy. He's just connecting the dots because no one else has two brain cells in this series, but it's presented in this very like hardcore gamified format, which makes me giggle every single time. I love it so much. Um, okay, let's talk about the presentation. The presentation of this game is lovely. The sprites in the animation are amazing. Each character has so much personality and so much spice, and it would be so fun to be a part of their character design team. Especially when a witness is on the stand and we get to systematically break down their testimony, we get to watch their sprites become slowly more and more unhinged, and that itself is such a ride and it becomes some of the most satisfying parts of nailing down a culprit when you get to watch a witness who has been lying, who has been committing perjury on the stand, finally realized that their lies are not going to be tolerated. It's so good. Let's talk about the music. The music in the series overall is absolutely excellent. There are rarely songs that I don't like in the series. I think the only one I can think of off the top of my head is the theme of the character Victor Kudo. Um, it's the one that stands out because I we just finished playing that case um, on my streams. That one is a little aggressive. It's It matches the character quite well though, so I can't even really give it that much flack because it does suit the character. But even characters who I really don't like, like Lotta Hart for example, have awesome songs and I always get hyped listening to them. If I had to choose my favorite songs, they would be um, Triumphant Return, that's Miles' theme song, which starts playing um, in Justice for All when he finally comes back. And it's so... It just sounds so much like a Final Fantasy song, and Final Fantasy is one of my favorite video game series of all time. It's absolutely wonderful. I can imagine it being played in a regal palace theme for a benevolent ruler, and it paints Miles to be this character who has grown so much since the first game, which he has, and it's such a, it's just such a calming song that fills me with a sense that, you know, we're gonna figure out the truth and it's gonna be okay. Um, the next song is Fragrance of Dark Coffee, which is just, mmm. Mm-mm-mm. It's so good. It's the perfect embodiment of Godot, who I love. He is smooth and dark and sexy. Um, I love jazz to begin with. And so to have a prosecutor who is the opposite of high strung, just manage to bring each case down to his pace, just smoothing it all out and calming the whole courtroom, except for Phoenix because he keeps throwing coffee on him, poor man. It's just, it's such a ride seeing how Godot's presence is so firm and unyielding compared to the many more flimsy prosecutors in the series. And my last favorite character is definitely Speak Up Pup. I love Speak Up Pup so much. It is Shi Long Lang's theme in Ace Investigations, and it is just this in-your-face anthem, and it's so much fun. It makes me want to rock out of my car when I listen to it. <laughs> it's such a great song that every time it plays, like, you know this entity of pure idiotic swag is gonna come into the room and take over the show. And it's such a fun vibe. Oh my goodness, I love it. I love it so much. He's such a himbo. We'll talk about him later. Um, but yeah, so soundtrack, phenomenal. Um, let's talk about characters. Uh, let's start with 
Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, what a good goddamn protagonist. He's this audience surrogate who feels so relatable. His internal monologue is so often exactly what I'm saying as I play the game, so it's really fun to to be validated, because oftentimes when you're playing um, investigation games like Danganronpa, for example, um, the protagonists are kind of in their own like random leaps of logic, but Phoenix just feels like a realistic dude who is kind of playing this game with you, and it's really fun. He's also just genuinely a really good guy. Um, he's a complete idiot. Like, this man needs to stop showing criminals the evidence he's going to use the pin to pin the crime on them in court. It's so annoying. He keeps getting tased. <laughs> but, like, at the end of the day, he's such a good man. He helps people pretty much, like, pro bono very often, and he'll always listen to people's worries and supports people and is genuinely empathetic and is able to understand how people are feeling. At least that's what the narrative implies, since at the end of each case, the player is asked to present an item that will kind of ease the pain or confusion or answer a question of another character. And you need to actually think about what you're going to present there, but if you get it right, then you know that Phoenix actually genuinely understands what these characters need, and so it shows that he has far more EQ than most protagonists. He's also a really nice guy overall. Like, no one else would take in Maya like that. And Pearls, and Emma, and just everyone in his little underage girls club. Because he's like the best big brother and dad figure possible, even at a young age. You can tell that he has a lot of love in his heart, although he's super sick of everyone's nonsense. And, and the love he eventually has for Trucy is so evident because he just, he genuinely wants to be this really good dad for this little girl. And it's wonderful. He's also super loyal and he's not fickle at all, even when people try to win him over or flirt with him or try to cheese their way through life with him. Um, he stays true to what he believes in, as proven by his relationship with Miles, which I'll talk about later. He also has incredible resilience. We see that with how he's accused of murder multiple times, and he comes out stronger than ever every single time. We see it how he maintains we see it with how he maintains his cool and fights through his cases no matter what, and we see it especially in his character development, which I'll talk about later when I talk about my favorite case of the trilogy. Alright, let's talk about Miles, our best boy, prosecutor, love interest, rival. What a good angsty boy. I adore Miles. He is the epitome of a character who has gone through shit and isn't overbearing despite it. The way his character is written, as someone who watched his father die and believed he was responsible. Someone who has been raised by his father's rival in a loveless home. Someone who is desperately seeking validation after watching his depiction of perfection get ruined by Phoenix. Like he could have been- he could have become the most insufferable character, but he didn't. He's relatable, and he's sweet, and he tries in a really clumsy, earnest way. And when he understands what he's done wrong in his first few years as a prosecutor, he doesn't magically become a better person. He takes his time, and he reflects, and he grows, and learns, and he does it on his own, as one should. It's really wonderful. He's the epitome of a reflexive person, and it's wonderful to see a character develop without this pomp and circumstance for once, just by taking some time to think and reflect and be real. It's wonderful, and he always comes back, stronger than ever. Also, I just really love his character design and his sprites and his giant goddamn hands <laughs> and his fluttering cravat. And when he grows older and starts wearing glasses and that little waistcoat, god what a loser. I love him. <laughs> He's such a good character. 
Let's talk about Maya. Maya is our precious bean. She's so cute. Um, she's Maya Faye. She's a gem. She's so sweet. She is the younger sister of Phoenix's mentor, Mia, who is just an awesome character in herself. And when Mia is killed in the second case of the series, Maya becomes your little sister slash sidekick slash legal aid. She's a spirit medium, which is absolutely ridiculous, but I kind of adore that. Normally in fiction, when they have spirit medium characters, they make them completely out of touch with reality, while here, Maya is oftentimes more in tune with trends in pop culture and the modern age than Phoenix is. She's like this breath of positivity and fresh air, and writing her as like this <laughs> low-key, this problematic idiot who keeps stealing and poking her nose into strangers' business is actually really refreshing. Her mental fortitude is also amazing. She lost her mom, then her sister, then her aunt, and she goes through so much but keeps smiling anyways, and never out of this sense of being this 2D positive person, but because she is simply able to continue being optimistic and hopeful that the world will be okay even in the face of doubt because she knows who she is and she knows what makes her happy. Like, she gets accused of murder and kidnapped, like, way too much. Um. <laughs> that's my one gripe with her like in this in my streams every single time we start a case I'm like who's ready for Maya to get accused again and everyone's like god damn it Maya <laughs> like we love her but she keeps getting accused for things and she needs to calm down <laughs> like it's a lot um yeah but Maya's wonderful what a sweet little sister what a wonderful relationship she has with Nick it's very cute okay talking of cuteness let's talk about pearls Pearl Faye is the cutest. She is so sweet. She's Maya's younger cousin, introduced in the second game, and she's 10 years Maya's junior. She's an absolutely adorable little girl. Her inability to say, to pronounce anything makes me so happy, and every time she's like, Mr. Nick, like she calls Phoenix Mr. Nick, and it's very cute. Um, I just melt every time it happens. Her backstory is incredibly tragic, and it makes me really sad to think too hard on why she's so focused on this idea that Phoenix and Maya are dating when they're not in game whatsoever and in, that's as a side note like that's because all the men in their village always end up leaving but since Maya clearly cares about Nick she wants Nick to be the best man for Maya that he can be because Pearls loves Maya more than anything but like her desire to become a big girl and help but still like breaking down and being a child oftentimes throughout you know, difficult cases and high-stress situations, it's just, it's excellently written. She's a really, really well-done child character, which we don't often see in media. Oftentimes, kids get represented as something being completely over the top, but Pearls always feels very natural, and I love her for that. Okay, um, let's talk about Gumshoe. We love Gumshoe. We love a big dick. His name is Dick Gumshoe. I'm not just being inappropriate, or am I? Who knows? Um, we love him, this giant himbo. Um, just what a big lovable doofus. I don't have much to say. He's just a lovely guy who would be really great with kids and is a giant himbo and he just deserves a pay raise. And I appreciate how hard his like half brain cell worships Miles. Um, and just how much he cares for, for, for Maggie. And, you know, I just think it's really sweet to have this character who can so unequivocally invest his heart into the people he respects and cares about. I think it's, it's wonderful seeing that earnestness, not in a child character for once, seeing it in a grown man. And he's not laughable because of that. He's laughable because he makes a million mistakes, but he's genuinely a good guy. And you can't hate him even when he is an antagonist to Phoenix because he just, he's such a sweet person at heart. 
Um, who else is here? Ooh, Francisca, Francisca von Karma. Francisca is the daughter of Miles's adopted father, Manfred von Karma, and she's like six or seven years Miles's junior. Um, she is kind of an idiot. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I don't like her most of the time because I think that her character is just too over the top. For context, she brings a whip into court and she abuses everyone with it and no one stops her and it's baffling. Um, but I do admire her tenacity and her strength and her willingness to do what it takes to succeed. I really respect that. Um, the one thing that really makes me, you know, that makes it impossible for me to dislike her is the ending of the second game, Justice for All, when she has a breakdown in front of Miles at the airport. I think it's one of the cutest scenes in the entire series. It's just the quintessential younger sibling looking up to and wanting to surpass her older sibling, and the kindness and fondness that Miles has for her in this scene just makes me so weak, especially when you realize that, you know, Miles, by Miles being free, Von Karma's like Francisca's dad, Manfred, is, you know, in jail because Manfred killed Miles's father. And yet she still can recognize the fact that her father was the one who did Miles wrong and that she still thinks of Miles as her rival and, you know, as her big brother who she wants to beat and how Miles is so soft for it. Like, it's so cute and I love it so much. Um, let's talk about Shilong Lang. Shilong Lang is um an interpol agent who is in the ace investigation series um and i don't have much to say other than he's the definition of a himbo and i love him you look up himbo in the dictionary and you get shilong lang i love his cocky design i love his theme song speak up pup i love his lack of a brain i love his swagger and more than anything i love how he's genuinely like a competent hard-working and good guy like all of the little details in the Ace Investigations game of him remembering all of his subordinates' names and birthdays and getting gifts for the birthdays of their relatives and whatnot. Like it's so easy to see how he can inspire such loyalty and strength in his men and it's so much fun to watch him as a character develop this respect for Miles as they uncover this like international smuggling ring together. Um, they're just really fun together. I really love Shilong Wang. Let's go to Godot. Oh, Godot. We're playing the third game right now in the series, so every time he comes on screen, I just get happy. Every time his, his theme song plays, it's so good. Um, I have this strange fondness for Godot no matter what. Seeing how Diego has, like his name is Diego Armando, and seeing how Diego had so clearly been Mia's mentor, and seeing their relationship develop in that one singular flashback case that they get to play together, and the unequivocal faith he puts into her, and then finally seeing how he ends up, you know, injured and kind of, and like nearly blind after Dahlia poisoned him. Like, it's so tragic and it makes him such an interesting, complex character, because when he wakes up, Mia is dead and Phoenix is in her office and he, like, Diego has lost every opportunity to ever see this girl again, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> it's so well written. And just... I think the thing that I love about Godot the most is like the idea, other than the fact that, you know, just his swagger in the courtroom and how he is so different from all the other prosecutors we've ever faced, it's the idea that he sacrifices himself at the end to save Maya, which just breaks my heart. I mean, like we can see the chemistry between the two of them so clearly, and I genuinely ship them a lot. Maya would have been his little sister 
So can we just take a moment to imagine how heart-wrenching it is that, like, to find out that this younger man, Phoenix, who has been, who has apparently harbored on accident your assailant for eight months after poisoning, after poisoning you, <laughs> ends up being your protégé's, like, your protégé and your love interest's mentee, and, you know, who eventually takes over her office, who is also not able to save her from being murdered, and then on top of all of that, like, he eventually replaces your role as the big brother for the little sister you always thought would one day be yours? Like, I know a lot of my friends, and I've seen a lot of people online say that Godot is excessive and he's too much. But I cannot hate him despite all of his stupidity and all of his, you know, ridiculousness in the courtroom, because I can understand I can see the grief in his character, and I think it's so engaging. Um, yeah, I love his character so much. It's so interesting. Once again, one of the best theme songs as well, Fragrance of Dark Coffee, highly recommend. Let's go... Oh, last character on my list that I want to talk about is Matt on Guard. Matt on Guard is a villain, um, unlike everyone else in the series. Or I should say, unlike everyone else I've talked about thus far. Matt on guard will always be, personally, my favorite villain in Ace Attorney. To set the scene, I remember playing this game for the first time quite a few years ago while sitting on the floor of my dorm room in university with a few other people in my room, and we had all been studying for exams. I took a break from, you know, studying flashcards or something to play Justice for All, because it was the first time I was playing it, and since I was near the breaking point of the case, I wanted to know what was up during this little break I gave myself. And then, the Matt on guard reveal happened, and we got to see his true personality, where he flips up his hair and showcases his scars. Oh my goodness, I literally screamed. I like put down my computer, I couldn't handle it. I was so impressed by the way they had managed to properly develop this innocent persona so that everyone was fooled in order to shock us with his reveal. Because... There are so many layers to his deception, which are also fascinating seeing just how depraved he's willing to become in order to come out on top, but more than anything, I love that subversion of our expectations, that juxtaposition between every single innocent client for two whole games, in contrast to the fact that Phoenix must now grapple with the fact that his client is not innocent, and that, like, the, the shift which tr that triggers in Phoenix's worldview is fascinating, and it's excellently written. Okay, um, speaking of really good cases like that one, um, let's talk about my favorite cases. They're just, they're, I'm, who am I, who am I kidding? They're always the last cases, because they're always so good. Um, Starting off with the first game, let's talk about Turnabout Goodbyes, which is originally the last case of the first game, and it focuses on a recent murder where Edgeworth is being framed, and the DL6 incident where Mia and Maya's mother uh, went missing, and um, Edgeworth's father was murdered. The case itself is super ridiculous, but it's also so much fun to uncover because we're actually invested in it. We want Miles to be okay, and to see that his foster father and mentor is the prosecutor who's trying to get him in jail is so terrifying and it's insidious and it's heartbreaking because we can see that Miles has no one else to turn to. It's the first case where Gumshoe really cooperates with us because he adores Miles and he wants Miles to be safe because he knows that Miles wouldn't kill anyone. 
we see this whole like shopkeeper saga with Yanni Yogi um, and you know investigating Polly his parrot on the stand and the tragic secret of that um, we get to see this whole new vulnerable side of Miles as well and in relation to that we get so much right worth like I I'm a huge fan of right worth and so to see this case flourish is always so much fun no matter how many times I've played this game because like dear god look at how cute they are together just genuinely trying to put on their best faces for one another where Miles is so scared of being vulnerable but Phoenix believes in him until the very end no matter what happens helping him dealing with all of those unnecessary feelings of unease and uncertainty we we stand we support I love it <laughs> but also when we see how open and honest they are with one another especially when you realize their relationship how in it's in this case that phoenix confesses that he became an attorney in order to see miles again and you know miles never wanted to see phoenix again because he had always said he wanted to be a defense attorney but von Karman never would have allowed it so he became a prosecutor and also like his own trauma saying his own trauma after seeing Richard Hammond, you know, pull some tricks in order to get Yanni Yogi a, um, an innocent verdict, it destroyed his faith in defense attorneys and so he became a prosecutor. And so to see them confess these things to one another and realize that everything they've done has led them back to one another is so sweet. It's so wholesome to see how they interact in this case. And even how, like, Maya, our wonderful little sister, who Miles had previously tried to put in jail on another case, is so open to helping this man who has no one else to turn to. The character development for Miles is really clear, and it really puts things into perspective for Miles, especially in showing how he became so heartless not because he's a terrible person, but because this is all he's ever been allowed to be by Von Karma. And the final words that the judge says, the whole, you were innocent, you are innocent. As you said, it was nothing more than a nightmare. Always sends chills down my spine just by putting those fears of Miles's to rest for once and for all, while the real culprit finally gets what he deserves for killing Miles's dad. That case is really good. <laughs> um, the bridge to the turnabout is usually when I talk to people, people's favorite cases, and I love it. Um, it's not my favorite case, we'll talk about that one last, but um, I really adore it. It's so complicated and there's so many things about it that are excellently done. We get more right worth, woo woo, it's so nice. But the thing that I really love about it is just from the perspective of a writer and as someone who loves to write, I adore how effortlessly this case seems like it's been put together. It manages to tie together all of the Fae family related cases for the entire first trilogy and put together all the loose ends and the sheer talent it takes to write something that can not only span three games but also like multiple generations of different characters will always blow my mind. I just think it's excellent and haunting and genuinely worth investing in. My favorite case of this series is Farewell My Turnabout, which is the last case in Justice for All. I've already gushed about Matt Ungard's character, but let's talk about how I genuinely like the other new characters introduced as well. I really like this backstory between Matt Ungard and Celeste Impacts and Juan Carita, the victim. I think Adrian Andrews is a really interesting and compelling witness, and to see us try to accidentally, you know, inadvertently or not, pin that blame 
on to Adrian out of this fear that we're going to lose Maya because she's been kidnapped and she's being held for ransom with the fee being the complete acquittal of Matt Ungard, your client. Like, it adds a really tragic element to this case when you realize just how broken Adrian is. I really like Shelley DeKiller. I think he's a really interesting assassin and they could have played him to be a joke, but instead they made him genuinely frightening, especially when you look at the danger he put Maya in. Um, but my favorite reason, I guess, but the main reason why I love this case so much is the fact that we get to watch how Phoenix grows in this case. Phoenix does not get to be weak for much of this case because he has to stay strong for Pearls. He is on edge the entire time, he is anxious, he is scared, he is lost. And right when this is happening, Edgeworth comes back, and we solve the mystery behind what happened to him, and why he disappeared a year ago with that admittedly terrible note. Um, it becomes clear that he's really grown and learned from his experiences abroad. We see how much more confident Miles is in his own skin, and it's absolutely wonderful. We see how calm he is as he explains to Phoenix what is going on, and more, or I guess most importantly, we see him return the favor of helping Phoenix when he's lost, the same way he, Phoenix helped him at the end of the first game. He becomes the rock for Phoenix to cling to when Maya is kidnapped. He becomes the place where Phoenix can turn to, the one with the answers who does not rescue Phoenix but guides him through this convoluted mess which is clearly raising such cognitive dissonance in Phoenix as someone who has spent his entire career thus far believing wholeheartedly in his clients. We see him not worrying about winning or losing and instead fulfilling what he has said he set out to do, learning the truth. And he teaches Phoenix to do this as well. He supports Phoenix spectacularly, allowing him to understand that not everyone is innocent, so that getting everyone a guilt and not guilty verdict should not be his goal. His goal should be finding the truth, and believing his client's innocence is all well and good, but by ignoring vital evidence, you're putting people in harm's way. This, this teaching that he does so effortlessly to Phoenix rocks Phoenix's foundation to the core, and you can see just how much more critical Phoenix becomes as a part of this case and as a part of surviving Maya's kidnapping like this, but it's done in such a positive way. So yeah, I just really adore the development within this case. I think it's wonderful. And seeing them work together in the courtroom is one of the most fulfilling things like a fan of Rightworth can see because they really truly learn to work together to prolong this trial and play off one another in a way that no other prosecutor or no other defense attorney ever could have accomplished in order to save Maya. Yeah, I mean, there's so many other things that I could keep talking about in regards to Ace Attorney because it's such a wild series with so much content, but we'll cut it here. Um, I hope you enjoyed this rambling dive into some of, only some, of my favorite parts of Ace Attorney. 
Um, if you enjoyed it, let me know. Share this episode with your friends, like it, and leave comments. If you'd like to see more or have any ideas for topics you'd like me to discuss, let me know on Tumblr at faultyparagonfiction.tumblr.com or on Discord at fp8010. You can find my fanfiction on Archive of Our Own or on fanfiction.net at faultyparagon. Um, I'm actually currently writing a longer Ace Attorney fanfiction, so check that out. You can find it on Tumblr in podfic form or on AO3 and FFnet as a written story. And that's it. Thank you for listening, and I hope your next week is wholesome.